Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Up next on Inside the SCCA, from last to first. Welcome to this episode of Inside the SECA. I'm Brian Belansky. My guest tonight is uh, second time on the show, Chip Herr. Welcome to the show, Chip. Hey, Brian. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, too, as well. Um, it's great to have you back, especially talking about what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we had you on earlier last year. We were, we were pre- previewing one of the Super Tours. I don't remember which one. And... Uh, Buckin' Glen, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Super tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we talked about that last year, and we talked a little bit about your your crazy run the year before uh, on the uh, on the runoffs, uh, where you went off and you had a shortened race, and you went from pretty much last up to second place in two and a half laps, and and uh, the the what would have been if you had one or two more laps or actually maybe four more corners, I think, is all you probably needed. But yeah. um, uh, but anyway, talk about that. Before we get into all of that, for the three people on the planet who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about your background, because uh, I know you've done a ton of stuff back in the day with World Challenge and, and overseas. Just give me the Reader's Digest condensed version of, of all the stuff you've done leading up to now. Yeah, I mean, it simply started off as crewing for my dad in uh, SCCA, the Mars races at Summit Point, because he was racing with buddies of his and got to learn how to crew a car when I was in my you know 10 to 15-year-old range. And then uh, when I got 16, uh, basically did driver school at Summit Point and really, uh, you know, obviously took a liking to road racing. And I had no idea where I was going to head with it. Honestly, I thought we we're just going to race regional and try to win a Mars championship. That was like a big deal because there's a lot of fast drivers in that, that series. And uh, Spec Miata really helped me get started. And Mazda was a huge help in getting me uh, Spec Miata and then basically Pro Spec Miata and then Mazda Speed Miata Cup and the Arc. Just started winning everything we went to and running up front. And uh, just, I would say, I would say I was young. I felt I was a little bit older. I never did <laughs> karting. So I was, I was kind of behind the eight ball, but World Challenge 04 and. Uh, got hired by some teams and once it kind of took off in 2005 and just started getting hired each year to run in world challenge and did some grand am with some teams and right. drove in different manufacturers and got some opportunities to race world challenge gt which is always awesome i mean those guys were a fantastic group of drivers and uh it was an honor to race against those guys and um dominican republic was something i got uh when the economy right. got tough went to dominican republic racing touring cars or ex world challenge cars 
and uh, did that for from 2010 to 19. So kind of kept me busy off uh, while having twin girls and married. So and also uh, co-owning with a you know, pre-owned car dealership and sales, right, sales right. and service. Yeah, definitely a lot on the resume, a lot out there. Um, and, uh, and, and that brings us to, to today, or let's go back to September and, uh, the runoffs this year, very different than the runoffs two years ago where rain was the big story. Um, this year's runoffs for the most part was pretty much picture perfect when it came to the weather. Um, it was. A, a little funky in the first couple of days with different different conditions kind of each day for qualifying. Uh, but compared to the year before, we were all like, oh, this is like a dream <laughs> come true weather-wise. Um, and, uh, but race days on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were perfect. And, they uh, were. And that is really what, what we were hoping for. And uh, the racing was pretty spectacular. And uh, you were trying to kind of come back from the the – shortened opportunity of not being able to get to that first uh, first place win at uh, from from the year before uh, for those who who don't remember or didn't see our episode you were uh, pretty close to the lead early on the weather got bad you you had the right car ended up going all the way to the back uh, was that because you came in for the tire change so you're talking about last year not two, this year two years ago yeah yeah so that race, I actually didn't even. My uh, Audi was actually broken. And I, uh, Anthony Baselli lent lent me That's his right. uh, spare car. Uh, SCCA let me race starting last. Got it. It was a T three. It was a T three prep car. Right, right. Um, but it was heavy, down on power, but it was all wheel drive. So I was already there for a week. So I basically was like, hey, just give me something to drive. Right. I, so, uh, you know, started in the back and just I had nothing to lose. It was like, hey, here we go. Right. And. Uh, um yeah, I think I passed enough cars to get right behind Moser in two and a half laps. And then, unfortunately, they shortened it. But Moser admitted that his car was diabolic in the rain. And right. he didn't realize how far I caught up to him and how many cars I had to pass to get there. And he <laughs> goes, man, I'm I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> what a nice guy. I mean, he he's a, a gentleman to race against, and he's honest. Um, and he was like, thank God it didn't go green because I would have just been holding on or trying to. Right. Um, but yeah, Anthony Baselli was, his family was fantastic to let me do that and uh, give me a chance to race. And it got me my second silver medal. And, uh, I felt like I was kind of like taken from me, the championship, because it would have been my first one. Um, but to be honest with you, I felt like I was, I was just lucky to be racing. So, right, right. And this year, just prepping the car to get the Audi ready. And we've just been, you know, getting ready. And that was when you and I talked, I sure. said, I felt really good really good this year yeah yeah and uh so we sat down to watch that race and um you know we we had talked ahead of time and you you were you were feeling really good about everything and then was it the first lap on the first for going into turn one that you had the issue um what with the rain race no no this now let's go up to to, to this 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 past year yeah yeah so um to give you the real uh i basically rolled the dice i still looked at the weather and I knew it was going to be about 80 degrees, which, as you mentioned, it was a little bit cooler earlier in the week. Um, like most guys, I was trying a different tire setups to get the, the fastest lap time. I really wanted the pole. And uh, I tried to figure out how to get drafts and try to figure out how to strategically get a good qualifying lap or maybe catch a draft behind the Porsche or maybe Moser or anybody. And, uh, you know, we ran the A7s to get a, a flying lap. But during the week, I had scrubbed um, a set of R7s in. 
And so that way when race day came, because, you know, we were Sunday, so we had Friday and Saturday just to sit around and figure out what tire we were going to run. But I had brand new A7s. I had scrubbed A7s and I'd scrubbed R7s. So I had three different opportunities to put in a car before the race. Right. Looking at the weather, I'm the only car that I, in the top 12, that ran on R7s. Right. Everybody was on A7s, according to my crew chief. So everybody had the grip literally out of the box. I think they were anticipating that it was going to go yellow, which VIR has tendencies of doing that. My car being on a heavier side, and um, I decided to go with the R7 and, and pray that it would stay green mm-hmm. and that I would have the better, the best possible car mid-race to the end to right. fight for a championship. And and then th- that magic moment happened, which I'm sure you didn't find to be too magical. Uh, can we just skip, can we skip that part? <laughs> well, no, um, if I don't tell that part, no. then the whole story kind of doesn't make sense. No, um, I, I didn't, I should have scrubbed the tire. Thinking back, I should have scrubbed them a little bit more aggressively to get the temperatures up. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Hoosier tires, whether they're A's or R's. Um, I could have run the A's and I would have been competitive because I would have just been fighting with those guys with the same tire, but I felt the R was a better choice. But the problem is I didn't have the heat in them that I needed to compete with the guys in the A's out of the box. And so I pushed a little hard through turn one, and I felt the car slide and rotate. It felt awesome, but yet I was like, oh, these cars aren't ready. And I barely turned the wheel in turn two, and it's just, she stepped out. And uh, I think I went off at like 90, 99 mile an hour <laughs> into the grass. Yeah. But if I would have just laid back a little bit and let the guys pass me, you know, maybe could have fell back to like sixth. It would have been a lot easier to than what I had to do <laughs> after I hit the tire wall at 50 mile an hour. And and thankfully, you only hit it at 50 mile per hour because you didn't really do a whole lot of damage. Um, yeah. And, uh, but you must have kind of, your heart must have sunk at that point, right? Um, I literally was sliding through the grass realizing for my family and friends and everybody who's helped, sponsors, um, I mean, just, I felt like the biggest piece of crap. <laughs> I felt, I just felt like I, cause that was my fault. You know, I, yeah. I knew that I knew what tires I had. I knew I had a good car to, to compete for the championship. And I just, I pushed too hard. And, uh, it was, it felt like eternity when I went off to hit the tire wall. It felt a lot of thoughts went through my head. And the first thing I heard was the wall. And then my wife came out of the radio and say, what are you doing? Get back on the track. <laughs> she was above the, uh, the cafeteria thing and when she saw it happen i was like i'm trying to start the car <laughs> yeah yeah so um at that point in time obviously it wasn't a huge field of cars so they all drove past you uh you get yeah. the car started get back on the racetrack um w- w- as someone who's who's not anywhere nearly as good as you are behind the wheel of a race car i know when i make a mistake um and it may be even a small mistake. It takes me a lap or two to get my head back in the game. Um, how, how long did it take you to put your head down and get going? Because you must not have wasted too much time. Um, when I put it in first gear and turned around and was going through the grass and pulled second and the car was literally four-wheel drift, like coming onto the pavement, I, all I did was just make sure the car wasn't broken and right. it felt okay, but I really just never missed a beat. I... I think the most gentle thing I did was put it in first gear and do a U-turn. That right. was my most gentle thing. But the rest of the race was literally full send because at that point I was embarrassed <laughs> for myself <laughs> and the team. And uh, I had nothing to lose. And I, my uh, my dad was surprised me and my mom and my dad and my brother-in-law, they surprised me to come see the race 
And uh, so I had five people on the radio at different spots and people were just giving me what was going on and how the racing was going on. And I, I was hearing on the radio that the leaders were fighting, you know, kind of back and forth. And it was, that was great for me. Um, you know, I got past some of the slower guys in the back. It was harder to catch the guys in the front, but um, there was like a lot of cars in STU that had some mechanical issues. I know the Lotus was down on power for some reason. Uh, they retired early. A couple guys spun and got together. So I remember correctly, it just seemed like it just, I was trying to figure out where that was quicker. And then when I caught them, maximize the pass as quick as I could without holding me up. Right. So right. I, but you have to understand, I thought the car was pretty messed up from the tire wall. So I thought if there's anybody going to lean on me, go ahead. My car's not pretty anymore. Sure. Like, I kind of was like a wrecking ball, but I wasn't. I mean, I was just really determined and I had nothing to lose. And I knew the car felt okay. Right. Um, and I knew that the tires were going to come in about mid-race. How Do you remember how many laps it took you to get to the last place car or the second to last place car? Um, I, honestly, I feel like it may have been that lap or the next lap. Okay. So first time I passed him, uh, it was a black Miata. I passed him going into the top of the roller coaster. Right, right. So, um, when when this all came down, and we still haven't given away the finish yet, but I think people might have figured this out by now. Uh, when it all went down, and it, after the race was my over, hat is, my, uh, my hat's is national champion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, when um, when it all went down, and after it was all over, I said, "Oh, this is going to make for a great podcast." And I've been meaning to cook up with you to do that for the last couple months. Uh, but then last night, or a couple of days ago, you you and and uh, one of the guys who works with you put out a video. Um, basically a highlight wheel of your race, and it, it, it jogged my memory and said, oh, okay, let's make this thing happen. So, um, And I watched the video, and we're going to put a link to it here in the show notes, um, and I'm also going to put a link to the full race in the show notes so anybody wants to go back and watch this thing. Um, but the first time I was like, I saw it, and it was just, it was just fun to watch and, and with the music and everything. Um, and then when I got done with it, and after we had connected and you said you could come on tonight, I went back and I thought to myself, you know, I don't think there was a single pass that you made where there was contact at all. So I went back yeah. and watched, and you passed every car in that field cleanly without having to, um, uh, you know, result to any kind of diving in there. Or, you know, I mean, yes, you dove into some corners, no question. Uh, but But every single pass you made to get to the front was a clean pass. And, and I thought that was just a, a huge testament, I think for two things, one to your ability to get it done, but also to the respect that the rest of the field has for your, for, for your ability, because they knew you were coming and, um, and they, they knew you were going to be faster when they got to you, most of them. And then once you got to the front, guess what? The top five were still kind of hard, hard racing because those were faster cars, right? Yeah. So the Porsche, Chohan's a, one of the you know, yep. best drivers out there, and he uh, he was having some kind of misfire issue. And uh, I kind of knew it because when we left the pit lane, the car stalled. Oh. And he popped it in gear, and he was doing some acceleration back and forth, and I felt like he was trying to clear like a hiccup out. And mm -hmm. I came over the radio saying, something's wrong with the Porsche. I can't tell. It still seems quick, but something's not perfectly in tune. Um, he helped me. He held up... Uh, I would say Darren Treacle, when I caught Darren, the only reason I caught Darren was because he, the Porsche had enough power to stay in front, but the but Darren just couldn't seem to make a, a bold pass to get past him because they slowed 
their lap times really slowed up. And uh, I, when I looked at the lap times I had, and it was just really consistent. Like I was able to lay the same lap essentially throughout the whole race. And those guys were getting, they were holding each other up. And you already, you already know what happened with uh, Liller and Moser. Right. They were, there were some, uh, in Oak Tree, I think there was a slide with Liller and in with Moser and he passed to the back and forth. So they weren't getting the, the lap times like I was. I was sure. literally by myself, it felt like. And like I said, when I made my passes, I made sure that I was, I made a, dis- and I definitely made a, a definite, like, you know, pass and made it stick. Right. But right. I'm not. I don't, I don't make, you know, I'm not a push them out of the way kind of guy because sure. I race people the way I want them to race me. Right. So right. Um, even though I went off and I was going for that win, I was actually at that point just going for a top five. And then once I caught Darren Treacle, I realized I was in fourth and I had two laps to get my Treacle. And me and Darren raced together often. And uh, he's super fast with an excellent car. And I was just hoping that we'd just race clean and how we finish. I was happy. Real honestly, I would have been happy with fourth for the situation how it happened. Right. Uh, but man, when that whole thing happened with the uh, Moser and Liller, and I saw the dust fly, I went from like possibly third to like I'm already third, and I could be second or maybe even first. Is there still a lap to go? Yeah. Like the hype was unbelievable in the car. It was just unbelievable so when you're working your way up through the field it's only a 15 lap race so you know and, and it's sprint racing so you you know that there's not a lot of time to get it done you say only 15 laps it was a blessing it was 12 <laughs> more than last year <laughs> well that's true good point <laughs> hadn't thought about it that way um yeah. at what point though when you're working your way through through the field did you say to yourself okay maybe a podium is possible here um only until i caught i was catching treacle okay that's the only that's the only time I thought a medal in my hand was possible. Okay, and then once you got past him and you're third, it kind of technically, technically, I was when I got past him, hit Liller and Moser got together. Right. Okay. So basically, when I I got uh, Trickle's draft, I was moved in the second behind Moser. Sure. Coming to the white flag. Right. Right. So yeah, that's why I felt bad for Darren because I don't know what happened with him and Moser, but at the end. But Darren pretty much had third, and I passed him, but yet Lilla got spun. So basically, Darren was either a second or third. He right. was having a medal until they got together, and then that whole – it was just a mess on the last lap. Yeah, yeah. Did they actually get together, or did one slide and then the other one kind of had to check up, and, and I don't, I didn't no. watch that closely? I, I saw a video, and I talked a little bit to Moser and uh, Lilla. There was contact. Yeah. Um, supposedly – you know, Liller had a certain line going into Oak Tree uh, where you actually turn in for the Oak Tree turn. Mm-hmm. And he kind of kept his car a little outside and Moser saw it every lap. So he basically just made a commitment to go inside to get up on the inside of him. And Liller closed the door that lap. Right. Uh, probably a racing incident. But Moser, you know, I think he said, oh, man, I made a move and I was committed. Like, yeah. And, it, he, you know, they were turning. So it hopped his wheel and he kind of both went off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and you're two or three laps left in a national championship race, racing for a podium. You know, sometimes hard racing happens there. So Yeah. I, it just, you know, nobody wants to see that because Lillard drove a great race. He's right. got a good car, and he's done very well over the years. And uh, it was a shame to have that happen. Uh, I, I felt bad because I felt like I I was the only one that crashed. I'm the only one that spun and hit the wall, and I'm the <laughs> only one that took advantage of his that whole incident. Yeah, yeah. So, so you so you slide into second, white flags out. Now is this when you think, okay, I got a shot here? 
So I'll be honest with you because I like being honest with you because we talk sure. on and off camera. Uh, I didn't know if it was the last lap or one to go because oh. I was so focused. So I was like, I told my crew, Shane, I said, hey, is there one lap to go or is this the last lap? If it was the last lap, I couldn't get Moser. There's just no way. He goes, you have one to go. You're coming to the white flag. So I said, again, I thought my car was pretty wrecked. So I was like, all right, the gloves are off. This is for a gold. Yeah. Like, and if you watch closely, me and Moser went in so deep into turn one, we almost both went off. Yeah. Like, we were struggling to get our cars to turn in. And then uh, you'll see as we get turned in, you, my car does this like weird rotation. I literally usually use third gear. I actually had to go down to second because we slowed down so much. Wow. That I actually had, I actually clutch kicked it in second. And the car rotated just a hair. And I just prayed it would stick. <laughs> and, uh, he told me later that his car, when he hit Liller, actually knocked the alignment out in the left front. Oh, so he was actually struggling with a with a handling. Yeah, and you need so that I, left front for the right hand turns, which of course is so turn one and two. I think that when he hit uh, Liller, might have knocked a little bit of toe out yeah. instead of toe in, or um, and he just couldn't get the car turned into turn one, and then he was basically trying to hold Treacle off. Right, right. But it was it was a uh, man. I, the excitement and the, the emotion, I never would have thought it would have the lady luck and the attrition of racing coming to, coming together like that. Right. It's just incredible. Uh, how, how much of those tires did you burn off working your way through the field? Because it's at I, the I'll end. Be, it I'll looked... be honest. Like I could have done, I could have done another. I used to run fifty lap, fifty minute races all the time. So the way I drive that car, I would think that. The car wasn't really sliding yet, and I wasn't pushing it to like overdrive them. So, I I can run them for whenever. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty good at concern. I mean, I don't burn tires up. I mean, yeah. I pretty can. I pretty much know that car. I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of time in that car. Yeah. Um, and I have it set up the way I like it, and uh, it just works. So, if it's going to be green for 45 or 50 minutes, I'll give. I'll bring it because I'm I'm going to have a good car. You're. I'm going to wear you out. I promise. It, it, it certainly seemed like that was the case. I mean, it, it didn't look like, you know, uh, any of the passes other than getting around Johan, who made it kind of difficult for you. Um, but it, it just looked like he was being wide. It wasn't that you didn't have the, the grip to get around him. He was just be, being the world-class driver that Johan Schwartz is and made it hard for you, right? Yeah, the only reason I got by him is that we went through NASCAR I heard his car spitting and sputtering. Right. And I was using, I was on the power. And okay. so when I heard it spitting and sputtering, I had a run on him. And that's why I just made a late dive bomb inside and drugged the, I didn't mean to drag the brakes, but it was a late, late move. And I made a commitment. Now it's probably my most ballsy move because I, I heard about him not say holding up Treacle. I don't mean it that way because he right. wasn't. Um, but I didn't want to have it where I got stuck behind him because I, I had to keep moving. Right. I had to keep going forward. So, um, but a, a respectful, a gentleman driver, and he didn't really fight me. I mean, he, I, maybe he couldn't, maybe the car, cause he retired pretty short after. Sure. Sure. So maybe the car was getting worse, but I could hear, it, uh, misfiring. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there is that shot of you. Well, let talk about, talk about the lap as you're going towards the checkered flag. What's going through your head? Where the where, where where the eyes dry as you were coming across that 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 finish line? No, I'm thankful for the cooldown lap. Uh, everybody said I took my well deserved cooldown lap. Um, it was definitely an emotional moment because um, I honestly didn't 
I was so mad at myself for a mistake that I made. Um, and to have everything come together. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, my plan was to go win the runoffs. But, sure. But I've been trying for three years and to do it in a fashion we did it. I couldn't believe it. It was just, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, but I've never, it's just a true never give up story. I mean, it doesn't matter how it happens. You just never give up till the checkered flag drops. I mean, it's, and at the runoffs, even if you're a top five, sometimes you might get a podium after because the paper gets thrown. Yeah. <laughs> like, you never know. You just can't give up. The runoffs are the runoffs for the reason. It's that one race that everybody wants to win. So you get to victory, you get to pit lane, you get out of the car, you end up on the roof. There's yeah, that, you knew that was going to happen. You knew that was going to happen. There's that shot that has been everywhere. Um, <laughs> what kind of a release of emotion was that for you? And that's why I left my helmet on. My eyes were still wet, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I still had my gloves on. I mean, I didn't even – that's why I couldn't get my helmet off because I still had my gloves on. I couldn't get my helmet off, and I completely forgot that most guys pull in and they get interviewed in a car and then take their victory lap. Yep. I literally thought of the world challenge. I got out. I'm, everybody's coming over, and friends <laughs> and other racers are – you know, everybody's like on – I mean, there are corner workers, like grid people. It was uh, – it was such a special moment. Um, it just shows the SCCA, the support that we all have for each other. And, you know, I must have been at the pit lane and the podium for at least five winners. Yeah. Um, some of them being my best buds. And I was just, and I was teared up for those guys. Right. And because, uh, and one of them was Danny Richardson. You know, his, uh, his interview was fantastic. And the emotion he had, you know, he gets mad at me when I'm like, I have two silvers. I just want to win this thing. And he's like, Dude, I've been doing this for 13 years. <laughs> I just want to be there when his kids are old enough to understand what he said in that interview. <laughs> yeah, and he said it on a on a podium with Brian or uh, with. Uh, he said it yeah, twice. On, yeah. So. Uh, someday they're gonna play. You know, it's like when you, when when your kids are 18 or 20 and they bring home their first uh, their first date and you show them the baby pictures. They're not gonna show them the baby pictures. They're gonna show Dad's interview. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It was one of those things where uh, my wife always jokes around about, like, why do people, while they get interviewed, they come in and they, they interrupt the interview, like other drivers yeah. or wives. And I was like, what are you talking about? You totally did that. Yeah. You, you like, interrupted. But she's like, I didn't care. Exactly. It was the most amazing race I've ever seen. I had, because she's wearing an Audi shirt, so sure. people were hugging her and congratulating her. She's like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> of course not. Because you have so much support. And I'm like, it's just, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, during my interview, I have to clarify the underwear comment because I think I need to do that. Oh, I don't remember uh, that, but go ahead. So Jared Odrick won GT2. Right. And he's a good friend of mine. um, And his crew chief, Eddie, we, uh, I've known Eddie for a while. So he won, you know, he's running GT2. We hung out together. I mean, he had a sponsored BK underwear. And uh, the night before he was saying like, Hey, what, you know, what underwear, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what's the deal with this sponsor? So he goes, it's a buddy of mine, NFL player. He didn't go to the NFL, but he miscreated his company. So he gave me a pack of three underwear. So my comment was supposed to be like, oh, Rich Ronan and, and Danny Richardson and, and Jared Odrick, all, um, we're all champions. And I'm even wearing Jared's sponsor's underwear. And it just, it just didn't come out right. I think you said I'm wearing Jared's underwear. I, I think I did. And if you know Jared Odrick, you know that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd fit into his underwear. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I that's was, hilarious. Uh, I literally was just my... It was probably one of my worst interviews in my pro career, but it's all right. I uh, it shows it truly showed the emotion of the whole race. It was just unbelievable. 
when when you unstrapped, you know, being a TV guy for 30 plus years, when you unstrapped and got up on the roof, you know, all that stuff so choreographed, you know, because you've got a time, you got to get it done, you got to get to the next race. And when I saw you jump out of the, I'm like, oh, this is not the way TV wants this to go. <laughs> was, I know, I know. It was, they, uh, it, was, it was so bad because SCCA didn't really have any pictures of me on the podium. Right. Because they had to go to the next race and take pictures because I was, yeah. I took way too much time. Like That's so funny. Um. Yeah, I. So it's just a memorable, memorable moment I'll never forget. So, give me a ballpark figure before the runoffs this year. How many races do you think you've won? Oh, you mean in my career? Yeah, overall. Oh my gosh! I mean, uh, hundred plus hundreds. Two hundred. I ran, yeah, hundreds because right. I ran. You know, I think about all the Miata races I won. Sure, and. Mars races and I mean anything from regional and and I a mean, ton of pro races. Yeah, I mean I have uh, I think nine world challenge touring car wins yeah. alone. So does any of that any of those wins match up with what happened at VIR in October? Um my first touring car win was probably it was my twenty first birthday okay. weekend and it was my first touring car win and it was in that car. Yeah. Um to win a world challenge race. When I was a kid, world challenge was something you just want to be a flag boy in. Yeah. Like, I just want to hold a flag and be on TV. Yeah. Like I just want to be at a world challenge to watch. And then to start have like over, I think I have over a hundred world challenge standing starts. Um, it's just unbelievable to think about it and having a win. And then once the win came, we had a couple more that year. And then it just kind of, then of course Mazda had me as a factory driver, mm -hmm. which I had four, four poles and two wins there. And, um, man, you get that. I think it's like you get the monkey off your back, you know, and yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I can do it. And, and you think about the guys you're racing against, there's so much talent. And there, there's, I don't want to say they psych you out, but those lights come on and you think about the names that are surrounded by you. I'm just a kid from Lidditz who just found a career he liked. And these guys are like the man, the, you know, these yeah. guys were the real deal. When, when you look at the world challenge those days, and the level of the t of the drivers, and the fact that all the cars are are tip top prepped, and w was it harder to win in World Challenge, or was it harder to win an SCCA National Championship? Oh, a hundred percent the uh, World Challenge. Okay. And I and I and you, I mean I don't mean this in a bad way, sure. but like in World Challenge, you have you have twelve to fifteen cars that are within tenths of the pole. Right. Uh, at Lime Rock, for example, we had 30 touring cars one year, and the top, it was less than two tenths separated top 15 cars. Wow. And yeah. it was like, I mean, if you hit the rev limiter, you bump, you lost spots. I mean, it was so tight. Hmm. Uh, I felt like this year at STU that in the last three years, I would say there's about six really fast cars. Yeah. Um, six fast cars that can lay a lap, six fast cars that can race. But when it comes down to, I set my car up for the race. I mean, it it's a good qualifying car. It, it can be up in the, in the front, but um, it's just not that blistering, fast, record-setting, you know, uh, but it's a, for qualifying, but it's a fantastic race car. Right. Um, and I attribute that to the World Challenge, how they built those cars. You know, World Challenge cars were meant to run 50 minutes, literally yeah. sprint race. Right, I mean, right. And we were on street tires, basically, like the RE1 and R888. We weren't running Hoosiers. Sure. We had to figure out how to make the, how to find grip without tire grip. Right. So, right. Um, 
I remember the first time I put Hoosiers on my my Audi, and I remember how it felt. And then the first time I went to Summit Point, and I was doing a lap down the carousel, and I felt the bite that the Hoosiers had. And I was like, oh, my gosh, things are going to start breaking. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, uh, this is what it's meant to have. Yeah. Yeah. What's your plans for 2024? Uh, my plans or my wife's plans? <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who's going to win? <laughs> I, uh, we have plans to do uh, some horse stuff with the girls that are competitive uh, in barrel racing. Um, and they're really getting into that with their horse, the gaming with their horses. Right. And uh, that keeps them busy. Um, my wife and I have a boat and a jet ski. We really enjoy taking the family out also. So when I won the championship, she found out from somebody else that you don't have to race next year. You can just show up like a free pass. Oh, uh, okay. She said, yay, no racing. We get to just do the runoffs and we can do all horses and do boating. And I'm like, well, I still want to um yes honey all right, we'll just, yeah <laughs> yes sir. um yeah so um i do have a plan i i have the other audi touring car that is kind of a roller mm-hmm. and we've been slowly making parts for that car to finish it so it'd be really cool if i could just take the year and spend with the family and try to finish that other car and that way if i ever had an issue down the road i have a spare mm. yeah i would say backup car but basically would be a backup car yeah so it must be cool to have two two outies that are ready to go and ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So maybe don't spend the money and do the races you have to do and maybe finish the other car and you know. Um but it'll still I'll still want to go do testing and I'm the club pro at Summit Point Drivers Club. So I spend once a month, uh, two or three days doing some coaching with some street cars and sure. I mean I I can take an Audi one of the Audis down and get on track and just do some testing. So um yeah, but we, we pretty much know what we need to do. The car's car's pretty good. Right. Do a lot. I told you before, before Watkins Glen, we do a lot of testing. And the only issue I had was at Watkins Glen when I was leading. Sure. And I went to the bus stop full send and I broke a strut. And it was just my fault for going too hard across the uh, the uh, berms. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those can need a car up there. Well, Andrew Aquilani told me that's the fast line. So sure. I did it. <laughs> and I asked him about it later and he was like, no. You can't do it every lap. Exactly. He's like, you do it for you do it for qualifying, or or, or on the last lap when you're trying to make a pass, or or that. Yeah. I was like, well, Andrew, you didn't really explain yourself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, also has a Mustang that I feel it floats across him. Yeah. So. Yeah. But different... yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about the. Um, you know, Road America is a haul for us, but I don't know how a car is going to be there because there's a lot of long straightaways. But yeah. at the end of the day, uh, again, reliability is where. Uh, I stand behind my car. Um, my all-wheel drive doesn't really help there. I'm kind of praying for us to go to mid-Ohio in three years. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm just enjoying life right now, and it definitely is just it's still surreal right. that we, we won and how we did it. It's just crazy. Well, I'm, I'm out on the West Coast now, but I grew up in Wisconsin. Road America was my home track. And, and oh, yeah. as, I, as I've told people at the runoffs last year, I said, I can guarantee you that there will not be a hurricane at Road America next year, this year, but I cannot guarantee you that there will not be a blizzard. So you might have the perfect car for Road America. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? Those little snow flurries? <laughs> uh, we qualified in May once with snow flurries at Road America. It was the, the track was dry. Well, the track was not had snow on it, but you could see you get low, the uh, white dusting was going on on the grass around. It was crazy. But um, 
So yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And if you ever need someone to, you know, test that other Audi for you, or if you want to put someone in a backup car, I'm, I'm, I can find myself time plug. to be available. I see your plug. You're going. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to find my way to, you know, work that into a show. So. Chip, well, can... the good thing is we did uh, in 2007. I did win in the Audi. I did win Road America yeah. and Touring Car. So uh, that being said, I do have. I'm, I'm pretty quick there, and uh, I also got a my simulator keeps getting better and better. Right. So, spent a lot of time. That's another thing too. I really attribute uh, running laps on the iRacing. Uh, just going to VIR was like you're literally out of the box, right yeah. on pace. You know, I mean, the, as far as the track and just changing setup and adjusting the car. So, you that's know, uh, pretty cool stuff. That's that's great to hear because we we have simulator discussions on the show all the time and and uh, we hear a lot of people who say oh no simulators don't mean anything they don't do anything and 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 especially folks older like me just don't they want to stay away from it um, don't understand the value in it and to hear someone who's got all of the pro background that you have who who says simulator work is beneficial is is really good to hear. Yeah, it's just really the I mean. Honestly, it's not, nothing's better than actually testing a real sure. car. But sure. But uh, <laughs> I mean, just laying laps and getting your muscle memory. I mean, I must have done, you know, hundreds of laps weeks prior to VIR. Just getting. I mean, I know VIR. I've done very right. well over the years. I just, you know, it's in my basement. It's here at the house, so it just works. But I never was a sim guy until about, I'd say, about two years ago, right. three years ago, just because I was interested. Right, but before that, I never did it. I didn't. I thought it was kind of like, kind of like you were thinking. It's like I don't need this. I, I'm I'm fast as it is. Right, but it's kind of cool to run different tracks I've never been to, just for fun. Right. And I don't know. I I really enjoy it. My daughters are uh, eleven, and um, I have them down to under a minute twenty at Summit oh, with good. the line on, and they're leaving the pit lane with a clutch and paddle shifting. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I can coach them a little bit, and by the time they're you know, I don't know about carding and stuff, but I'm trying to enjoy as much as I can because I'm afraid when they get older, I'm going to be that guy that steps out and <laughs> get some spec Miatas and we just go get a stacker trailer and just keep it as a family thing, but a little bit different. So Nothing wrong with uh, that. Nothing. Yeah, it's what SEC is all about, right? I mean, I've been Absolutely. a member for 26 years and um, done the runoffs three times. So yeah. it's I kind of skipped the nationals. You know, I kind of went right to pro and. It's, uh, I've learned a lot, and I have a lot of people that um, I respect and I love bumping into, and I right. can see the camaraderie of the runoffs and how many people have been doing it for like 20 and 30 years. It's crazy, um, isn't it? It is, you know, and they and it's not really about – it is about winning it, but there's some that just love the the event itself. Yep. Um, and it's kind of cool hearing that because when you go to a pro race, you're not there to just participate. But there's some people go to the runoffs because they just want to be part of the 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 Olympics of you know or the Super Bowl of racing and the parties and so it's just really neat. I really enjoyed talking to people and just some people remember me and some people have no idea who I am. So, well, and and it's like I, you know I, I when I go through and do my Super Tour work and and my research and I look at the runoffs you know st stats and I see people who've been there thirty times and don't have a podium. You know, and and to have the motivation to keep coming back at that, um, you know, 
whether they're just off the podium and still trying to get there or they're just happy going and being with their friends and having a great time for a week. Um, you don't do that if it's a bad event. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Cause I got in a conversation with a group of guys and we were talking about racing and I talked about Indy and getting second and hard fought for that. And second in the rain, how I felt it was taken from me. And so my comment came out like I've been to runoffs twice and I got two silvers. <laughs> and the one guy was like, I want to, knock you out <laughs> well, he's like if i got a if i got a, a bronze i'd stop racing because i feel like i made it <laughs> yeah yeah so, well and and i forget who it is now but there was someone this year who won their first runoffs in in like 23 tries that, i didn't catch that one because i think i watched almost all the races because there was a lot of great races yeah it was one of the uh, one of the year. production one of the production drivers i believe i'll have to go back and look it up but um uh, it's it's a cool event and and I, I I've not talked to many people who've ever been to the runoffs who didn't have a good time whether they're racing or working or whatever the case may be. So, and of course yeah. with Road America being my home track, I'm looking forward to getting back there this year. It's been a long time since I've been back there, and I know that a lot of the drivers are really looking forward to that that iconic that iconic place. Yeah, it's good. It's good racing, and they got lots of runoff, and it's it's funny good for making passes. Not real tight, so. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I mean, uh, as of right now, I'm going to say that I like to be there and I don't see why I wouldn't. Um, I was kind of hoping it would do like, you know, every year keep switching. Right. Um, why they do two years, but, um, um, I think the best track for me would probably be mid Ohio. Right. For, I just like mid Ohio. Yeah. I just always thought good and my car works really well there, but, uh, no, it's, it's, we're, I don't know. We're just, we're along for the ride. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and sharing the story with you. It was a blast. Again, I'll put the show notes. I'll put the the highlight video that you did, and I'll put the whole race in there as well. Now that we've uh, the SCCA split them up into individual races, uh, I'll put the link down there. So if anybody uh, wants to take a look at it, it's it was a ton of fun. My favorite part was uh, right after they came out of their their commercial break, and and Greg Kramer said, "Yeah, you know, uh, Tom O's been doing the math, and and he thinks that." He thinks that Chip might be able to get to the podium, and I was like, and, and I was like, really? And then you won the dang thing, so it's just so much fun. Well, like I said, if if Lillard and Moses didn't get together, there was no chance in catching those two. The only, best chance I had was Treacle, and that would have been got me in third. Yep. So uh, I don't know. It's I replay it, and it's all it was was just literally not losing time and making passes quick and just. And let attrition kick in. Yep. The thing about the tires, those Hoosier R7s were perfect at the end of the race. And I could see guys under braking doing a little brake lock up under trail braking. And I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, those A7s are starting to like maybe start falling off. Yeah. Um, if you push them too hard, they just, now the lighter cars, like I think Moser can get away with it because his car is much lighter. Right. But even so, you, you know, an autocross tires meant for autocrossing, not a 50, 40 minute road race when you're getting pushed and, you know, pushed hard so right uh everybody drove hard everybody drove well everybody drove clean and it made for uh people are going to talk about stu uh they're going to talk about it next year i feel like or they're going to look forward to the race no question no question and i appreciate you uh let me come on here and explain my underwear uh situation so (laughs) anytime you want to talk on talk about underwear you just give me a call we'll get you back on (laughs) oh geez All right. I appreciate your time, Brian. Thanks a lot. All right, Chip Hers, the 2023 STU National Champion here 
on Inside the SECA. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and watching, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network and the Racing Network on YouTube so you won't miss any episodes. would also be good if you left a comment, especially if it's a good one. Go to us on social media to find out who our next guest is and leave a question. On Twitter, it's at RacingWireNet. There's a new episode of Inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Bolanski. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Stay safe and go play with cars. Hi, I'm Kelton Jago, and this is Inside the SCCA. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.